This is The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Oh, yeah. Drop that bitch. Now, for the first time ever, we are coming to you in video on houseofvans.ca and on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Woo! Are we excited for this one? Ghosts, tell them who we're rocking with this week. Big interview with our homie Alexis Lacroix straight out of Montreal. You dig I'm saying? Thank you, Alexis, for being our first guest on that video tip. It was super fun. Uh, so go tune in on our YouTube Watch it once, twice, maybe three times, maybe ten times. You know what I'm saying? Let's make that episode pop so we can do more in the future. Big thank you to Vans for holding it down for us. It's been a blast. Make sure you check in on all the House of Vans activities this week. Hell yeah. But the show must go on here for them OG podcast listeners. I'm D Jones. As always, I got the ghost with me. We got Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. And Ghost, we know we got Alexi Lacroix in video, but what else we working with this week, man? Oh, you know, the show must be extended for the OG pod fam. We can't deprive the people of a post office, especially with the way it's been blowing up lately. And uh, of course, the rundown, man. Shit's popping in sports, as per usual. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe on YouTube at The Bunt Live. You know, now we got video episodes popping. You don't want to miss those. And go check us out, thebuntlive.com. And if you need even more of The Bunt, man, head over to patreon.com slash thebuntlive. This is the people's podcast, man. You know we doing it for y'all. Ghost, we need a shout out. Oh, a shout out? Well, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, you know what I'm saying? I was doing some scouting, you know, ghost styles. And I came across a kid by the name of Jack O'Grady. And I just saw Sodi in his future. And uh, damn, it might be coming sooner than we thought. If we had to pick right now, he's my front runner. He just put out a mind melter. He's already got a thrasher cover. But yo, I'm saying right now, my early picks for the, the top two in this battle, Carlos Ribeiro and Jack O'Grady. Long... You're expecting big things from Carlos this year. Hell, have you seen his Instagram, man? This guy fucking oh, like... I watched Carlos very closely. Bro, this guy be very backlipping the rails that like the Zero squad oh. used to get Hesh on with a feeble back in the day. He be just backlipping it, warming up on Instagram, man. That fool's fucked. He ain't playing. But uh, yeah, shout out to Jack O'Grady. That back 50 to back 50 thrasher cover was insane. Like, I can't believe how casual he made the all, like the transfer from rail to rail look. Hopped into the grass, or sorry, dodged the grass, like leaning perfectly on the second 50. That was just magical. The whole part was, I mean, it was gnarly as fuck, but I also was like, damn. I don't think there's a single spot in this part that I would skate with him. <laughs> Zero relatability, but uh, 
so fun to watch regardless so shout out jack o'grady oh and uh one more was i know we were texting the other day because we both watched mason silva's rough cut spitfire part another one where it's like i don't think i would skate any of these spots you psycho but that was so sick to see you know when you click play and you're like oh 30 minutes i, I don't know if i got time for this but as soon as it starts you're just like oh my god i can't take my eyes away so big shouts to the youth I watched that when we got home from the skate park that night and it was probably like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, I literally just need to watch something for like five minutes and fall asleep. And I was up for a half an hour, for <laughs> sure. The guy's insane, man. It reminded me of, remember when we were kids and Morgan was so far in advance from us at skating yeah. that we just expected insane things and it didn't even like didn't even make us flinch anymore like we weren't surprised when you see his friends like louis lopez and other people in the streets after this guy lands it's like they're not even shocked at what he's doing anymore yeah <laughs> like he's insane and the last clip when he sacks and then does it afterwards like bro i would never have skated again if i sacked and fell on my face like that yeah that was I'd a be dead. serious sack they would have had to pull out the body bag and take me out of that place bro his lip slide ender was some serious like death defying shit like in the part you can't really tell but then when you see how the how gnarly the bales are or like he didn't get hurt but like you could just see there's so much danger potential to actually die on that thing like the way he has a little great thing to the side yeah um it's insane too much respect yo mason silva our sody man we picked that long time so like we said, Alexi Lacroix in the building for a video episode. Big homie from Montreal, always surprising us with the antics. 50-50 in rails, pulling fish out of the water. You know we went behind the scenes on that. <laughs> the homie's got no fear, man. What else can we say? Let's get this interview popping. Only one thing left to do. I'm going to head downtown to Queen and Spadina, order myself a Dr. Pepperoni. I'm going to get you a... Uh, maybe a margarita pizza two orders of wings some chocolate chip cookies let's kick back with alexi lacroix and enjoy our maker pizza maddie tell them what we're working with with maker pizza man this is literally the best pizza in the world all right let's get this interview popping right here. okay i'm d jones of course, I got the ghost to my left, six feet away. And as always, Ants One behind the it scenes. It is the cool things. We are super happy to do our first ever video podcast with the one and only Alexi Lacroix. Oh, yeah. What's up, player? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? How you doing, man? You're good? Pretty good. And you? Hell yeah. So, Alexi, if you listen to the pod, you know we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Favorite skate moment? I mean, every moment is magical in some way. I'd say, like, traveling and meeting different people. I don't know, skateboarding's pretty much like a big dream for me. Everything just been, like, falling into places, meeting so much people, connecting the dots, traveling. And that's the, the best thing about skateboarding, that's for sure. And best moment in sports, I'd say um, I got stuck a winter 
in Nelson, BC, and ended up like doing backcountry touring with the snowboard. Mm-hmm. And that was like the best sport I've ever done, like just climbing mountains for hours in the wilderness and like just bombing full speed and like so much powder. That felt like just surfing a mountain was pretty <laughs> much the best sport moment Damn. in my later life. That's what's up. So take us back to the beginning. Where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating? Grew up in saint a little town like uh, 30, 40 minutes up north from Montreal. And um, in my elementary school, I probably started around like nine or 10. Um, there was like these older kids that would be skating and they would like kind of make fun of us and like make fun of me because I had like a huge mouth when I was younger. <laughs> I guess I still do in some way. And um, so like they were skating, they were older, they were cooler. I was like, maybe if I start skating, they won't be like making fun of me anymore. And like, I, it just looks so cool. So I ended up like starting skating and they ended up being my friends. And I still skate with two of these guys today. Uh, big shout out to Gab Lalonde and Phil Lajeunesse. Let's go. These are the guys that like pretty much because of them that I still skate today. So like, yeah, big shout out to them. Uh, that's what's up. Yo, Phil, Mr. Uh, big Spin Front Board, Kick Front Blunt, eh? Little legend oh, yeah. in the game. Let's go. <laughs> For sure learned the Big Spin Front Board from him. He's the master at that. No doubt. So, Alexi, it's got to start somewhere. What was your first big break in the skate industry? Um, I mean, the first one would probably be um, when I got this video part in the homie video we did called Brocam. And I had the last part in that video and like it got posted on like, someone told me like, yo, your part got posted on El Eclipse and like Josh Kalis posted your part on El Eclipse. And, like, <laughs> I just thought this sounded so cool. I was like, whoa. Didn't know what Hell Eclipse was. I, I know who Josh Kalis was. So it just like, just blew my mind. Like, oh, wow. Like, Hell Eclipse, Josh Kalis. Just, <laughs> I thought I made it. It just sounded really good. Yo, Hell Eclipse was so popping for a little bit. What happened, man? I don't know. We should check out, <laughs> we should check out that URL. I haven't peeped it in a minute. We should get this video pod up on there. There's probably some kind of <laughs> conspiracy between barracks or something. Maybe they like shut it down or... Mm. Uh, Hell Eclipse had its time though. Yeah. Good times for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah, of last good. parts, man, you banged the skate game over the head in Dimes' third season. Uh, a lot of people, probably outside of the Montreal scene, weren't familiar with you, but you came in hot, man. Tell us what it was like filming for that project. I guess when I first started filming for that project, like, I didn't really know my footage was going to be part of that. I went to San Francisco to meet with Antoine and we just skated with a bunch of filmer there and like had a really good time and got a lot of clips. And Antoine was like, man, like if you get more clips in Montreal, we like get you a part. And it just got me so hyped and like went back to Montreal and just started skating with Phil and like filming with him a bunch. So yeah, that was a good time. That was like kind of my me morphing to like the dime crew that was already existing. Yeah. That was like kind of like the whole like puzzle getting together for me and them at that point. Uh, epic things. And then last part. Did you know you were going to have last part before it came out? No, not at all. Um, actually, I knew like a little bit before because I think Dan Z shot a sequence of the ski jump. Yeah. And he's like, yo, can you send us the clip? We'll use it for like a magnified, like the Thrasher little like article. Damn. 
then I was super hyped. I, I told like Antoine, yo, like I need that clip for the magnify thing. He's like, no, <laughs> we're keeping this. <laughs> like, I didn't want it to tell you, but you're gonna have last part just because of that trick. So like, we need to keep it. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, all right. So I was, I guess I was pretty stoked. So. Oh, dude, that was fucking legendary. Ended up working well. Fucking, it sucks. It, the surprise got ruined a little bit, but that's that's still epic, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure better than the, the Magnify, I guess. <laughs> I mean, both would have been sick, but definitely last part. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, I was stoked to like that trick, like seemed like it made a, some kind of impact. And I don't know, it was just random. It was pretty fun to do. Yeah, big time, bro. I've been to that double set and uh, it still makes no sense to this day. So hats off to you on that Thanks one. Thanks a lot. You ollie it? Hell I mean, no. <laughs> I would not even ollie that thing. Yo, actually, I wanted to ask. Oh, no, we'll, we'll get to that later. A little behind the scenes on that session. But okay. uh, yeah, let's keep it moving. So, <laughs> so when did the first oh yeah drop and how did this become your go-to saying? Um, it actually started, like, there's a clip of me no-sliding this rail in Long Beach where, like, you know this one, like, Apple Yard does flip back tail big spin out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I was, like, no-sliding this one, and my I think my sister was filming, and you can just hear my father in the back being like, Oh, yeah! <laughs> like, Super random. He never said, oh, yeah, before that. He never said, oh, yeah, after that. It was just like a one-time thing. And, like, for some reason, I found that clip years later. And, like, my friends thought it was so funny. They put it, like, at the intro of my little sponsor me thing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he put it, like, the oh, yeah on repeat. And, like, from that point, it just, like, I just got stoked on oh, yeah. And just started <laughs> screaming it from, like, a really young age, like probably like 16 or 17 or something. Wow, that's that's a good uh, origin story. I'm surprised we never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense now. Dude, the clip still exists. Oh, dude, can you send us that? We need that. Dude, I probably would need to find it, but it's like pretty priceless. I probably can ask some friends and can. there's a way to find it for sure. Yeah, we got we to gotta hear the, the original, oh yeah. So do you find yourself using it in everyday life now? Like <laughs> you like cashing out at the grocery store or something and you just scream, oh yeah? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Maybe that's like what people imagine I'm doing, but <laughs> I don't know. Like you definitely need some oh yeah moments. And like if you use it too much, I think it loses its magic. And like for a while I was, I was like bombing hills a lot. And uh, like every time that I would go Bomber Hill, I would like film myself and say, oh yeah. <laughs> but at some point, I don't know, it just felt like automatical. And now I just like try to be silent and bomb the hill and appreciate the view. And it's just a different trip. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some funny scenarios you could drop it in your everyday life. Like, what if you drop a deuce that feels hella good? What well, like a, a one wiper? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a no wipe? <laughs> well, I mean, you got to test the one wipe well, at least, but. That'd be epic for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to skating. If people aren't familiar with some of your earlier parts, uh, you've clearly got a massive bag of tricks, incredible talent on a skateboard, but uh, you do also do a lot of crazy, you know, wild tricks too. Um, when did you kind of start 
<laughs> expanding your bag into like the skiing and the, the, the all types of wild shit we see these days. <laughs> I don't know. Probably started as like, uh, I guess I always love to be creative in every aspect of life. And maybe like that got enhanced with like me, like starting to smoke weed while skating <laughs> and like just like getting ideas, getting like kind of foggy and just going in some kind of flow. And like, I don't know, same thing as like just making your friends laugh and like doing something like that's like getting you stoked, like that it's fun and like a big joke, you know, like, but yeah, it just gets me more stoked. And sometimes it just works easier. I'm like trying some super technical trick, then I'll find a crazy idea and it works in a couple try. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. But the, I think it's important to have a balance between like crazy tricks and normal tricks because every tricks are fun to do. So yeah, the people can't sleep. Like they might see you do something, you know, out of the ordinary, but don't, don't sleep on Alex. He's got fucking, he might tray flip a fat gap in your face. You know what I'm saying? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, man. And trying to do more of normal tricks and more crazy <laughs> tricks and like, <laughs> yeah, like you said, keep that balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. And it's just, it's not like a forced balance. I just, just skate whatever's in front of me, you know, mm -hmm. like, and like sometimes ended up being some crazy stuff. Sometimes it's just normal tricks. So, so Alexi, we love talking about illegal tricks over here at the Bunt. And one that always comes oh, no. up is Nolly Smith. <laughs> and you seem to have taken this one to the next level. You're dropping Nolly one-footed back, Smith. Uh, how did you come up with this one, man? Man, that's, there's a lot of illegal trick that I do <laughs> that you guys must be making fun of. <laughs> but... Yeah, for sure. The main inspiration for this one is Mr. Burnquist. Yes. I did it in the vert ramp, which is still even crazier than doing it street, for sure. And I think it was like a special in Tony Hawk. So <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like doing this trick would be kind of special, you know, like, or something you have to do while you're on fire, for sure. But, <laughs> dude, didn't, yo, didn't you do it at one of the glory challenges on the, uh, on the high speed challenge? I feel like I remember that. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. How slippery the whole thing was. It was oh, dude. Yeah, that insane. was gnarly. There's so many people in the building yeah. that the ground like picked up some dude. That was the one where they were pulling out the fans and <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Addicts, he came in it, like, turned to it. <laughs> dude, that was dangerous, man. Slip and slide contest. Yeah. Is that the one where Gerward did the nolly flip and then he landed it perfect and then flew over the quarter pipe at the yeah. end? Yeah, same challenge. That was... No, I think that was the year before. Oh, okay. shit, my bad. The, the Gerward thing was like dry ground, <laughs> I think. Like he did the hardest part but, and then hit the quarter pipe and died. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. So you used to snowboard a lot. Uh, you kill it on a snow skate, but you've really made a name for yourself skiing. And of course we mean skiing on your skateboard. Can you, uh, <laughs> can you give us the origin story on how you got into skiing? Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> actually, there's like this one hill in my hometown that we would always go and bomb this like one steepest hill. And it was called like Raven Street. Like it was like pretty fucking steep. So like at the first year, we just bombed it and get stoked. And like a year after, switch bomb it and get, yeah, it was crazy. And like then I ended up like manualing it. And like the next thing to do was the ski bomb. So like <laughs> ended up doing that and... It just felt awesome. And like, I don't know, that feeling kind of stuck with me. 
You've taken the skiing to, to new heights, man. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And I always thought like, oh, I'll probably stop doing like ski tricks, but there's always new spots and like new possibilities. And it feels just like a fun stance to like explore. Skiing backwards. But <laughs> have you ever, Donald, can you ski? I've never even tried, I don't think. Are you skiing? You mean we need two boards? Or when he's got two no, feet together no, on two one? two feet together, bro. Okay. Well, he does it with two boards sometimes too. <laughs> I, know, I don't even I know. know what to expect. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking me. Yeah, that, that's pretty. I can't do either. That's pretty ski too with two boards. Yeah, the skiing's with two boards. Yeah, I, know, I mean the skiing's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> way, I can't do either, man. I could barely ride a regular. <laughs> uh, Alexi, who are you riding for these days? And why don't we have any Alexi Pro yeah. models chilling on the walls here inside Studio E? Is the industry asleep or something? I don't know. Maybe the industry is dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> They must be asleep, cuz. I'm like, super grateful to be supported by Dime Vans, Loophole Wheels, the homie companies from San Francisco. Shout out to Zach and Jesse and Empire Board Shop. So like super grateful to be helped with these brands and people. And like there's ideas of starting No Fear Skate Co. And like I don't think I have any fear to write for No Fear. So <laughs> Okay, that'd be awesome. That's a match made in heaven. Uh, we'll have to get your uh, your pro board when the time comes in it. Oh hell yeah! Fuck, we'll see if it happens. Maybe I yet have to come to the next level. Maybe I'm still warming up. You know? <laughs> hey, new pops warming up. Since Skatistan was founded in 2008, over 13,000 children have benefited from their programs, which combine skateboarding with creative education. This message was provided to you by CHPO. If you want to support Skatistan or SkatePal, you can visit their websites, skatistan.org and skatepal.co.uk, or purchase a Skatistan or SkatePal product from chpobrand.com. 100% of the profits will be donated. CHPO brand, doing it for the people, yo. Um, so you're a legendary traveler. You've mastered the art of stretching the dollar on the road. Uh, <laughs> give us an example of like the longest trip with the least amount of money you've gone on. Hmm, that's a good question. Probably like this one trip. Uh, I think it was the first actual dime trip. We went to Barcelona, Madrid, and Lisbon for three weeks. And it was my first time in Europe. So I was like, no way I'm coming back to Canada in the winter. Yeah. So I ended up like just staying in Europe and Morocco for six months and <laughs> pretty much had no money. Only had my banjo and I was like playing banjo on the street for money. <laughs> And you know, sometimes it works really good. You got like a couple euros and sometimes it doesn't work as good and you're freezing. So like, damn. yeah, that was like a long stretch. I think it was six months just surviving with the banjo. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so how much, money, zero money. how much money did you leave Canada with? I think I had enough for like the trip, the skate trip. So when the trip ended, I'd probably have like 50 bucks left <laughs> or something. But I had like a tent, sleeping bag. Wow. And yeah, for sure. If you can, if you can make money as you go, that's probably like the best way to travel. So you had 
three weeks you were good, and then at the end of three weeks you had fifty bucks, and you made that last five months and yeah. one week. I mean, I I probably spent it a couple of days and made it back and like spend it again. Like in Europe, like playing music in the street works pretty good. Like I feel like people appreciate music a lot, and they're used to have street performer and like. And like couple euros in Portugal and Spain, you can go pretty far. So, okay, there's okay. sometimes I felt like a king, bunch of euros in my pocket, and sometimes I felt like I don't know, like a fucking hobo sleeping in the ditch. So it's just like part of the travel, I guess. So you're saying I should bring my djembe next time I go on the road, eh? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not only you'll you'll make tons of friends, you'll make enough money to eat, you'll be invited to parties. Music was the best thing to travel. This and skateboarding too, like it's the best thing to travel with for sure. You got the ultimate combo, Donald. Maybe we should try that next time. No hotels, you know what I'm saying? A tent. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm good, man. You can bring your drum if you want. We saw how it went in France. You did quite well. <laughs> you got in the middle of a parade. For real. <laughs> what happened in France? Uh, I think it wasn't the finals of the World Cup. It was the quarterfinals I don't know France won some big game and then we were just like partying in the streets and it was insane and then there was like a, a little drum circle and I used to drum when I was a kid so I just asked this dude if I could hop on his djembe for a sec and uh, he he wasn't that good and then I started going buck <laughs> you can't disrespect the guy no he wasn't oh my no, God. Yo, the guy bro, brought his drum to the, the parade watch the footage there's proof on the footage I, I took over and then no all way. these ladies came and we started dancing it was it was epic this is one of those stories that changes over time. I am, there were no ladies dancing yeah. around you. Bro, we got the evidence. <laughs> Put it on the screen. Oh, we'll see the screen. You, much like myself, recently became a father. How has that changed your life, Alexi? That just changed everything. I feel like everything is now like, uh, I don't know, is concentrated on my little girl, Lucy. She's like the main thing in my life and that for sure changed a lot. I guess I was used to like travel, like different, like alternative ways, do long trips. And now I guess... I'll have to do that with Lucy. So. <laughs> you gonna take her on the road with you or what? That'd be awesome, for sure. We're like already talking about it with my girlfriend to like travel with her, especially now that it's kind of shitty in Quebec, Montreal. But I guess in some way it's a good time with all like this crisis that I like. There's no skate trip, nothing, so I can like focus on little family, and it's kind of like. A blessing in disguise, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it truly is the best thing ever, man. How old is uh, oh, yeah. little Lucy now? She's three months and a half now. Wow. Epic. She was born on Halloween. Oh, shit. Wow. The time just flies by. I feel like it's been so long, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just, I feel like the whole time is distortion. Like, it felt like I've been with this little girl forever, but it's been only three months. So it's kind of, yeah, it's crazy for sure. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, there's going to be a mini ghost running around. Don't you worry. I don't know about that. But <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yo, I, I saw Lucy on, on the sesh already too. She must have been like two months old maybe at the time. 
uh, you had yeah. her up on uh, uh, Mo at the top there, s- skating with Gab. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, the true. She's been on a couple sesh, and lately I went skating, and she was like, I don't know. Now she's like just fo- she was following me the whole time. Like, whoa, like daddy's flying all <laughs> over the place. It seems like she, she was mesmerized. That is, is so cute. That's amazing. Um, so you've got a million tricks we'd love to go behind the scenes on, but let's spark it with probably the most viral clip you've put out there. And uh, tell us about the 50-50 to um, fish grab of pain <laughs> <laughs> to spark the, the dime video. Yeah, that was a funny one. Actually, like the idea, like it was like a long process, I would say. I think it was like in the springtime and the old, the old fountain was empty. So I like grinded the rail and landed in the bottom with no water. Wow. And at some point where there's like a crew of us walking by the rail, like a couple weeks later, and we're like, oh, and there's water now. And I think it was Chuck, Charles Rivard. Yeah. And he was like, uh, imagine like someone grinds the rail and like, then gets a fish out and like, we just started to laugh so much. Like, no, like, it was just like the funniest joke and like, for some reason, I like, remembered it and we are like, yeah, we should do it one day, like, find a way to do it and like, it was probably like 34 degrees that day and I was like, Phil, let's go buy a fish and like, it just, we just did it, bought like an old dead fish. Wow. And put it under a rock in the water and like, took me forever to, to get to grind the rail. I think I like sacked on the rail, which is like super low. Like ate shit. I was about to give up and like Phil was in the water, like <laughs> holding the camera. I was like, my arms are so sore. Like, I can't hold the camera anymore. And I was like, got me motivated. And like the first try that I landed in the water, I just like instinctively like just found the fish. I, I think actually I open my eyes in the water and it's like some dirty pond water. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I was like preparing to not open my eyes. I was like, this is the sketchiest water ever. Like, yeah. like my eyes will get burnt. <laughs> and I don't know, I just ended up being in the water and like survival mode, opened my eyes, saw the fish and like took it out. And like, not even on purpose, I guess like, I shook the fish <laughs> and like, like it was alive. I was just like so happy. <laughs> to be done with this thing. We cleaned the fish. I took a shower and we ate it on a little barbecue. Wait, you actually ate that fucking thing out of the poison water we, of sin? <laughs> yeah, we cleaned it for a bit, went to Phil's house. I took a shower and we ate it because I was like, dude, no way we're going to kill a fish for no reason. We have to like honor the fish yeah. and eat it. Wow. Yeah. The dude. fish looked alive. And this. I know, because he it shook it. Like it, it was, was so alive. sick how he shook yeah. it. He like brought it to life. So it was just under there, under a rock? <laughs> yeah. And I, from the, the starting point, I could see it in the water. Right. So every time that I would go, I would be like, oh, that's it. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and a funny thing, like the one, the one try that I got it before that, you can hear me say like, j'espère ça va mordre which means like, I hope it's gonna catch, like when you're fishing. Yeah. And that's the one that I got. And it's the only time that I said that and you can hear it in the clip. So I think it's pretty funny. That's so sick. So wait, so it was the first time you actually 50 the rail to the water is you caught it? Yeah. 
Wow. Yo, Phil needs to put out like every every attempt. Like we yeah. need one of those like rough cuts like Thrasher style on that. Plus we need it with the one that you landed into with no water too, like the whole both sessions. Yeah. That would be amazing. That'd be dope. We have to talk Phil about that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably get me like seeing get frustrated on that on that like tiny rail, which could be funny. <laughs> oh man. Legendary clip, man. So next up. What about the ski jump that really blew you up at the end of third season down the SF Hill double? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's another funny... It's not that funny, but it's just like... I don't know, like that's... You know that old ABD thing? Like, yeah. get to a spot, try to do a trick that's never been done. Yeah. Then like I just showed up to the spot and I was like, oh, I could do this, ABD. Could do this, ABD. I'm like, fuck, like... I guess I'll have to ski jump it because all the <laughs> tricks I could have done, like normal tricks, were ABD. So like, just got forced to do something like that, pretty much. Wow. How many times did you land on it, or did you bomb it first tee on the ski styles? I landed on two of them, broke a board, <laughs> and the other try I landed on it and just slipped because it was like just too much impact, I guess. And I broke, I broke my board, and I took Antoine's board to do it. And I, yeah, the first one that I stuck, I was like, man, like, I don't know, whatever happens, I'm sticking to it. Because, yeah, I was just I was just hoping for that for like two hours. And like, it was, yeah, it felt pretty awesome for sure. Dude, that's buck. That's one of the cities that until you go there, like you have a whole new appreciation for all those tricks you see when you go and see how fucking rugged that shit is. Like, I remember Janowski switch flip on that blew my mind when I went oh. there. I couldn't believe it. And nowadays we That's got nollie fun. cab flips, we got ski jumps, we got <laughs> what else has come out recently, man? That's nollie trays. Yeah, there's been a few crazy tricks. I know anything down the hills in SF is just pure gnarly. Yeah, and I take that yeah. ski styles, man. You're you're a different beast, man. Um, ski styles. <laughs> Yeah, thing now? dude, trust me. I, I wouldn't even, <laughs> yo, me and Aiden went and looked at that thing. I wouldn't even just ride down that hill. Like, it, yeah. I ain't about that life. Um, okay, last one. Take us behind the scenes on your ski back tail. And uh, I don't know if, the, is, is that in LA? Oh, the quarter pipe thing. The quarter pipe thing, yeah. Street pipe. <laughs> yeah. I think we went there like two or three times on a dime trip and um, yeah, it was pretty hard to do. And I think the one, the one time we went and I got it, we could see like Jim Greco and Jeremy Klein like hiding in the bush. No. And they're like, they're kind of like just peeping us and like, I felt like they wanted to skate it, but they were like waiting till we get kicked out kind of. So they're like, there's just Jim Greco and Jeremy Klein like creeping in the bush, no like watching way. the session. <laughs> And for sure, they're like, and you know, like for sure, it doesn't look like much. It's like a crazy trick, you know? So like, they probably thought I was some kind of like <laughs> crazy Canadian or I don't know. <laughs> I just felt like I was like on their territory kind of. Yeah, and I yeah. felt some kind of pressure. Hey, Greco's a crazy American. So I'm sure there was a mutual respect there. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Maybe one day we'll do a share parts at the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi, we are doing big things here for our first ever yeah. video episode. So you know we're doing a special post office. We got a couple video questions from the good homies. You ready for this? 
<laughs> let's go. All right, let's take a listen at the first one. What's up, LXT? I had a question for you. <laughs> Would you rather challenge me in a nose venue contest or... Challenge me in a drinking contest. <laughs> Ew. Damn, that's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question, Mitch. I'd say like, <laughs> if it's a Nose Manny Nolly Hill contest, oh, that would be too much. I would like, <laughs> I would never get into that with you for sure. And uh, but if it's just a Nose Manny contest, well, I might go for that because I don't oh. know how much Matt Canadian drinks. <laughs> You notice he cracked a La Croix, that yeah. pop. He's not yeah, even drinking. I actually noticed that. So maybe he doesn't drink that much, but I don't Whoa, know. Whoa, you, you don't know Matt Canadian? Yeah. I think I think he drinks a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, you can have a couple pints. Yeah. All right, so probably go with Mitch knows Manny. If it's not any Nolly Hill out. Okay. Of course. Hey, we know you got a nice yeah. Nolly Hill out of your nose, Manny's. Don't front, but... Don't know. I think we can oh. we can line that up in the future. Um, maybe maybe summer twenty twenty one, we'll make it happen. That'd be awesome. <laughs> like a downhill nose manny contest. Oh, let's get it. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got a question from none other than season twelve legend Hugo Balek. Let's take a listen. Hey, Alexi. I think we've known each other long enough to consider us friends <laughs> by grabbing any instrument of your choice. Describe me to Lucy by singing a little song. Not my cat. I'm talking about your daughter, Lucy. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll grab a guitar and sing something about Hugo. <laughs> so, did he say describe me to Lucy? Uh, yeah, yeah, describe Hugo to your daughter. Okay. You guys are ready? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. ready. Yes. That was incredible. He is crazy though, so maybe she should worry a little bit. <laughs> nah, it's, it's good craziness. Yeah. Back when he was a kid, he was crazy. Yeah. Now he's he's chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to this old Bunt interview and it was like pretty funny. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, so funny. And last but not least, the mastermind, Phil Lavoie. Hi, Alexi. It seems like your cat has absolutely no fear of skateboarding. So <laughs> I was wondering, what was the best and worst situation that ever happened skating with Rita? 
did you ever eat shit with her? And what's the best trick she's ever done? Oh, good question. I think I probably took two bells with Rita. Dang. But, <laughs> you know, she's a cat, so they they fall on their feet usually. <laughs> so I guess she was fine. But for sure, like, yeah, bailing with the cats is like, yeah, not ideal. Because, yo, what I'm wondering is when when her claws come out, like, does she, does do her claws go into your neck when she gets freaked out? Actually, like, For that, like, I cannot ride with Rita if she if I only have a t-shirt. Like, I'll get fucked. <laughs> like, for sure. I I think I even tried it once, like shirtless, and yeah, there was oh. it was a bloody mess. Oh no. Okay. But yeah, I have like one special jacket that's like super thick, and it's like Rita's favorite one. It's like super thick and like rugged, and she can just like she can hang on there, there, like super super good. Damn gnarliest thing she's done was probably like this one hill that I bummed that I bombed in SF with her was like pretty steep and gnarly <laughs> and like yeah she like seems like it was nothing for her but like for me I was like man like at like 50 kilometer or something if I if she like jumps out or whatever like I just like I don't know I thought it was a good idea and I started to go super fast and then like it just felt like I was doing something wrong and <laughs> Yeah, that was like the biggest hill I bombed with her, and she, she pretty much did front wall ride China Bank, <laughs> and got a photo in Skate John Mag. So that's probably like her biggest accomplishment for sure. Damn, she's got more transition knowledge than me and Donald combined. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she prefer: transition skating and hill bombing for sure. Legend. So what's next for Alexi Lacroix? What you got planned? Um, I just got like a little album out. Uh, last year around Christmas, so I'm like planning to maybe get a second album out. Would be awesome. Ooh, Have yeah. plenty of more songs to record. And after that, probably would love to get like a third album out. That would be awesome, <laughs> and maybe a fourth one. <laughs> yeah, skating. I just want to like skate better, faster, stronger, crazier. And uh, yeah, I feel good in my body right now, so I'm like just ready for what's gonna come to me. That's perfect, man. Hell yeah, bro. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, as always, we brought to you by Dickies. And we talking the original 874 work pants. The original 874 is the world's best-selling work pant approved by tradesmen and skaters alike the 874 gets the job done with their wrinkle resistant fabric and polyester cotton blend it don't get much better matter of fact it doesn't get any better get yourself some dickies today you dig Yay! all right alexi favorite skater joe valdez yes favorite video Toy Machine Heavy Metal. Favorite video part? Uh, Jerry Shoe and Bag of Suck. Oh, yeah. Favorite style? Funky style. <laughs> Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? I mean, there's one point in my life I just saw this Joe Valdez part while I was in SF, and like it kind of like brainwashed me, and I only <laughs> skated like Joe Valdez for two months, and like 
I felt like it was too much. I realized, I was like, wait, I'm not Joe. <laughs> I don't need to like defy that every time, you know, I can yeah. do other stuff. So like, it was like almost too much, you know, like uh, too much influence. I had to like kind of get out of that trip a little bit. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite trick. I don't know, 360 flip or hill bomb if that's a trick. Hell yeah. Hardest trick for you? Oh, fuck. Whatever I haven't learned yet. Maybe like frontside flips. <laughs> most illegal trick? If you're trying to go fast, the most illegal trick would be power slide. <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? I think Piff grinded this 25-stair ABBA in Portugal. Okay, of course now. he did. <laughs> and like, I think he shattered his leg like on one try, was limping on the way back up, and like he did the trick, and like all of us were just crying. It was really, really epic. Damn. What's the one trick that got away? I guess I kind of did it sketchy. Like, I don't know if Phil wanted me to do that Nolly Shove, Nose Manny, Nolly Afkabil at the Peace Park. Damn. I think we went there six times to do it. And I kind of lost the fun out of skateboarding, just like going always to the same spot to try the same thing, you know? And like, yeah. maybe like the fun wasn't there anymore. So uh, the trick got away because fun's got to be there to like to work, to make it work, you know? I feel you. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Uh, I think, you know, that. That 16 stairs, Andrew Reynolds frontside flips at, in America video? Yeah. Like the one in SF? Yeah, yeah, over the rail? Yeah, I like claim boneless lip slide on the rail. <laughs> <laughs> Went there with like Danzi and like this filmer and this other filmer and like they're like, we're ready. <laughs> oh, I'm like, shit. oh shit. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, and there's like, at this school, there's like another nine stair rail. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it on the nine stair rail a couple of times to warm up. So I go on the nine stair rail and I just like sacked on it really hard. Oh, <laughs> no. Like trying to warm up for the, the bigger rail. And <laughs> I was just like, nah, it's not going to happen. I just sacked on the rail. So like, oh, yeah, I felt like, felt pretty bad. Legendary. That happens. That's a proper bunt, man. Respect. Um, <laughs> what's the last new trick you learned? Switch front shove, back nose grind, revert. Oh, okay, okay. We'll take that. Dream job after skating? Playing music or, I don't know, helping people. Like to be paid to help people would be nice or be a musician would be awesome. Hell yeah. Favorite local brand? Uh, Dime MTL. Fuck yeah. Favorite local skater? I don't know, someone that really blew my mind a couple of times is Chris Saint-Cyr around Montreal. Just the way you approach it, the way you skate, it's pretty beast. Hell yeah. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Regret riding for? There's like this one CBD company from Kentucky <laughs> called Bluegrass Best. Yeah. <laughs> and they had like pretty good CBD. It worked fine, you know? And like, I don't know, they just asked me to repost one thing and like, it was like a 4th of July promotion. Like it was super patriotic and like just didn't really look and like reposted it and like kind of like realized after it was like super America patriotic like deal on CBD, 20% off, bluegrass, like Kentucky. And I was like, just looked like so like American and patriotic. And I kind of 
regretted just posting that because I don't <laughs> yeah. identify myself to any patriarchy. I guess. Yeah, I, no, I feel you. That that doesn't align with your uh, your chill vibe. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it was a lot going on. I kind of like regretted just posting it without like paying attention or whatever. But other than that, all my sponsors were pretty like good. Hell yeah, blessed for that. Favorite teammate ever went on a trip, America trip with like uh, Eric Winkowski, and he was like, it was a good trip. Like we just went skating at night and just went crazy in the streets and. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And know Jake Johnson is kind of, he's kind of out there too with his visions and like his approach is really cool to meet him. Just being on trips with like heroes from my youth was pretty amazing, but hell yeah. Worst teammate ever. Worst teammate ever. Wow. There's a pretty funny trip in Portugal with Kyle. <laughs> Cannot say he's I'm not trying to say he's the worst teammate ever. <laughs> It was just a really funny trip in Portugal with Kyle. Like he he got drunk a lot and it was really funny. Kyle McDonald, worst teammate ever. <laughs> we'll take it. Worst company. <laughs> worst company? Whoa. The skate stopper company is probably the worst for sure. And Mitch has gotta fight those fools every day in the streets. Dude, um, he should start his own like anti skate stopper yeah. company. Like hired by skater, like all like like a hitman, like super <laughs> underground, you know? Yeah, you can hire him to come to your city and fuck it up. Um, there's there's plans he's gonna do stuff in Montreal that I heard. Okay, okay. Worst trend, hating on other stuff. <laughs> no, no. Squeeze the bunt. <laughs> <laughs> fuck shit. Did all I already good. said that? <laughs> no, I mean that's that's. You guys don't hate. It's like making fun of. That's different, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just having the conversations publicly that we usually have privately. Yeah, it's good to cover like the positive side of thing and the negative side of thing and laugh in the way. There's nothing bad about that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Worst style. Maybe Ronson Lambert, like something like <laughs> you're like oh, faking. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Did I said that? Oh man, and he's amazing. But I don't know, just like anything that seems like a little like forced, you know, like styles gotta come naturally. But yeah, for know. sure, hundred percent, no doubt. Last but not least, last person you want on the sesh? I don't know, bad cops. <laughs> what about Greco and Jeremy Klein hiding in the bushes? <laughs> man, I feel like they might have been like. I don't know, some kind of blessing, you know, like I'm like, I don't know, some kind of pressure, but I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, we'd better to have them and like meet them, you know, than have them just creep in there for sure. <laughs> so Greco creeping, worst person on the set. Yeah, that's come out of the yeah, bushes. Just on the bad cup. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alexi, that's gonna wrap up the first ever video episode of The Bunt, man. We can't thank you enough for coming and doing this with us. You're a real one, my Fuck dog. Fuck yeah. You guys are amazing. Thanks for having me and hopefully I didn't blew it. No, hey, you killed, you killed it. it, brother. Thank you. There's one last word that I could say before I leave. Yeah, shoot. Yes, sir. All right, you guys are ready? Yep. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Merci, Alexi. That's it. Merci à vous autres.
This is the post office brought to you by the one and only Dickies. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, Dickies has you covered. Ghost, who we got up first, man? You've got mail. All right, first up, oh, a nice short email. Yo, public service announcement. We, we need shorter emails, man. This shit... If we're, if, if we're going to answer everyone's emails, we need more concise emails, please. But uh, we appreciate every email nonetheless. First up, we got an email from Tiny Bird. Who do you think had the most stacked team in skateboarding history in any era? And who do you think has the most stacked skate team currently? I'm claiming America in the Stay Gold era. Bunt fucking rules. The nine club is so goddamn boring. I don't even think they like listening to it anymore. And please, for the uh, for the love of fuck, can y'all get Mark Johnson on the pod? You guys can act like you never talk shit about his fully flared part, and then ask him for a box. <laughs> uh, oh shit, that's good. That's good, Tiny Bird. Roasted, mm. roasted. The first team that came to mind fuck i have two and i don't want to steal one of yours so maybe i'll let you go first did you think of one yeah we're probably both thinking about the same one Fli- did you th- are you saying flip? flip sorry yeah yeah flip sorry so that was my second one so do you want to say something about flip um yeah you got the mix of arto and jeff holding it down on the vet status even though they were young when the first one came out uh, and then you had like the young blood and Bastion, who was about to be the best skater for a handful of years. Alpliard, same thing. Uh, you really can't body for body. You really can't fuck with that team. Oh, yo, pound for pound. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna go with obviously agree with that wholeheartedly. Flip insane, but also Menic Maddie S was hell yeah top to bottom. Those guys were fucking crazy. That video is one of the greatest of all time. What's the common denominator? Arto Sari. Absolutely. Um, you have one for currently? These days, I mean, it depends what kind of skating you're into, but if we're just talking skill, uh, I think... Oh, now that Shane O'Neill left... Okay, top three, I don't know. You could take these in any order. The real team, the primitive team, oh. and April, just because Shane... And that squad of young talent he's got are all on some next level. Shit. But, like, you got Ashad, you got P-Rod, and you got Shane on those three teams, you know? Sorry, and, like, on Primitive, like, P-Rod's the godfather, but then, of course, you got Tiago and Carlos. Like, uh, doesn't get much better than those three teams these days. All right, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one. Can't go wrong with any of them. I mean, Primitive is the obvious answer, so... Yeah, actually, yo, don't sleep on Palace too, eh? Chewy Cannon for Prez. Or Sour. Gustav. He just wins the whole thing by himself. All right, next up, we've got an email from Oliver Shamim. Safe bunk, guys. Hope you're doing well in 2021. What's your opinion on late shoves? They illegal or not? I hate them with a passion and want to know what the bunt administration thinks. The administration, that's got a nice ring to it, eh? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I don't really like them. I, I learned late front shoves like back in the day, and I thought that was so cool. How did you do that? <laughs> Off of ramp? 
No, I learned it on flat. I remember I filmed one with Tom off a I little. I would love to see that. I filmed one with Tom off a little bump in uh, an alleyway. And I think I did it. Remember we used to set up like a, a barrier at Common Ground or like a trash can. Oh, yeah. I think I did it over that. Oh, but yeah, they've, they've been retired for years, man. I ain't got no time for late shoves. Yeah, I'm going to say illegal for me as well. I mean, there's not much enjoyable about seeing it, man. Yeah, even the front big spin ones and shit. The last one that I had to give a pass to that I saw was like a shot did one, like late backside shove over a bar hop. But I only gave that a pass because it's a shot, you know, like he's just too much of a yeah. boss. All right, next up, we got an email from Nate Feldhaus. Yo, what up, Bunters? What I want to know is whose style from back in the day do you see re-emerging through a skater that's out now? For me, I see a lot of Clyde Singleton whatever I watch Caleb Barnett skate. As always, keep killing it and much love from Santa Barbara, California. Peace. Yeah, shout out Caleb and Clyde. Legends. It's kind of weird to say it because I guess Morgan's technically not out now if you want to talk about like, you know, being like in the limelight and shit. But... Morgan definitely reminded me of like a new generation Ronnie Krager and it was cool that they oh. skated on the same team and shit but like throw those guys on any kind of like ledge over a grass gap kind of thing maybe 270ing out of shit flipping in flipping out it's a nice one-two punch right there oh and another one that's like less time between than like Clyde and Caleb but Trevor Colden and now that kid Patrick Promen. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but it's actually like eerie how similar uh, they skate. All right, next up we got an email from Herbie Willis. Yo, boys, much respect out of England. This season is fucking fire. That Damian Bravo interview is one for the fucking ages. Absolute barn burner. Few quick questions. If you could sit in on any legendary Toronto session, like watch the whole process of one crazy trick that went down, which would it be? And if you could bring one pro to Toronto and just watch them destroy spots, who would it be and where would you take them? Big up the bunk gang, keeping it for the people. Herbie. One legendary Toronto session. I'd probably want to watch. I don't think it was like one session, but when Heath Kirchart was here, Skating the double sets and the bank to curb. I would have loved to see Heath work here in TDOT. Unitel, TD double, Skydome Banks. Definitely. That'd be my choice. Yeah, I would want to be here when Galia and Macnow went off and were just destroying all the hubbas. Galia does that one line. I forget what the first trick is. But he has like a fakey tray, tray on flat. And then, yeah switch 185-0 and like i know macna was like kick crooking and nose blunting all the fucking bronte and brown school hubbas and shit that would have been a cool little era yeah i think it was kick crook because i think jesse landon did kick nose right on bronte yeah if i could bring one pro to toronto and watch them destroy spots man you know i've seen a lot of people kill a lot of spots in toronto I'd like to see James Hardy do his thing up here, man. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see him shut down City Pool. I'd like to see him shut down the Bathurst local. 
and whatever other bars we put in his path. Maybe the Bistro. That'll be a tough one. I've seen a lot of people do a lot of things at the Bistro, but James Hardy will leave that place on the wall of fame as well. Yeah, that's going down this summer, hopefully. Um, for some skate clips, maybe... Oh, Gustav. Gustav Tonison. Just oh, because he man. would figure out some ways to skate some spots that have been under our nose forever and just skate them in a new way on some fucked up shit. Some Wally switch flip, fucking back lip, nollie flip out somehow. Who knows? Oh, oh come on. <laughs> That's not what I want to see, but you get the idea. He'll fuck up Toronto in ways we never thought possible. Um, all right, next up, we got an email from Asbestos. <laughs> Yo, I always thought front tails to regular are the gayest shit. All right, I'm going to stop right there. We need to not use that word to describe something in a negative manner anymore. Uh, appreciate the email, but come on, bro. We got to be better than that. Same goes for back no slides to fakie. Of course, there are some exceptions. What are your thoughts on this? Thanks. Keep up the dope work and creating this audio entertainment. You're welcome, man. Uh, yo, I love tail slides to regs. It just depends who's doing them and how they're being done. So Heath Kirchart, the king of tail slides to regs, you know? A nice big pop-out to regs. You can't go wrong. And same with mm. no slide to fakie, man. There's no problem with tail slide to regs. No slides to fakie. I think we had this question a while ago, and it was if there was a problem with crook to fakie. And it's like, hey, man, there's a time and a place for every trick. Definitely. That guy, Maurice McCoy, I don't know if you watched his Santa Cruz part yet, but he dog, he does kick crook fakie a handrail so clean. That's what so the hell? insane. Yeah. In a line. Uh, but, like, made it look real good, too, you know? All right. Next up, we got an email from regular emailer, John Metz. Man, y'all are my driving heroes. Every time I'm in the car, I'm playing the bunt. Thank you. Question. If you had to pick up a skater and hang out for the day, what car or truck are you rolling up with to impress them and pick them up in? Here are the skaters you got to pick up. Each one gets an answer. John Cardio. <laughs> I think Cardio would respect like a blue collar working man's pickup truck. <laughs> Like a Ford F-150 from the 90s or something. You know, not some of this new shit with the new technology. It's got to be a little rough around the edges. Like, it's been driven before. Agreed. Next up, Jeremy Rogers. You could take this one. For sure, the Austin Martin. Didn't he buy one of those back in the day? Oh, my he probably, God. Yeah, he probably did. He probably fucking wishes he didn't. Crap. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know... He's living that lifestyle, so you got to pull up in something fresh to pick up Jeremy Rogers, even if it's just like some for for the illusion for the day, you know. And then last but not least, Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts is getting that Presto card player. <laughs> but I mean, we're on there with can him you, too, so jokes on us too. Can you tell the people what um, that is that don't live here? No, that's an inside joke for the T dot heads. Um, it's a bus pass. <laughs> must know. Uh, uh, shit, yeah, I'll, I'll pull up to Chris Roberts' crib and like a fucking uh, car to go. 
Yeah, that's not bad. Drop it off wherever. He can drop you off and drive himself home. <laughs> Anyways, always a fan, John in Idaho. Big respects, John. Thanks for the email. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Scott Eaton. Let's take a listen. Yo, 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 what up, Bunt Gang? This is Scott Eaton from Santa Cruz, California. Just uh, letting you guys know that season 13 is a barn burner. I'm putting on a, putting it on at work while I'm watering some green plants. And uh, literally, man, my warehouse burns down every Wednesday. Shit is fire, so shout out to you guys. Uh, Donald, I want to say congrats on being a dad. Uh, I'm a father to a two-year-old. He's in his terrible twos. It's awful. So good luck to you when he gets two, man, but it's also a lot of fun. Um, my question for you guys is how do you feel about uh, like one and two year olds like having Instagram accounts and like their parents running it and then like putting them on skateboards and being like oh so and so like loves skateboard like it's his favorite thing to do like loves going to the park with dad and like I want my son to skate more than anything and I know you guys have talked about it a little bit but like how do you how do you feel about like I don't know I think it's kind of fucked for a one to two year old to have an Instagram in general and also just to like say that they're a skateboarder and like love skateboarding when they don't even know what the hell's going on basically and they could barely fucking walk. So um, on a second note, um, let's get some uh, Santa Cruz love inside Studio E. Emmanuel Guzman just dropped the fucking sickest part on Thrasher uh, for Santa Cruz skateboards. Dude is a fucking legend. He's like mid 30s, maybe late 30s, just fucking crushing it, burning everything in his sight, dude, and just fucking killing it. So I've never heard him on any other skate pods. Let's get him inside Studio E. I'd love to hear it. Also, some other Santa Cruz fucking legends, dude. Raven Tershi. Let's get him on. Maybe, you know. Um, Cody Chapman's a younger kid killing it for Uma Landslides. Let's get some uh, Santa Cruz love inside Studio E. And uh, lastly, what the fuck is up with the Bunt video, man? You guys have been talking about that shit for like three years. You guys get your, gotta get your dusty asses off that couch and film some clips already. Peace. Holy shit, Scott Eaton, man, hitting us where it hurts, dog. Yo, Ghost, what is up with that bunt video, man? Who's in charge of that? Yo, Scott, man, you got you got a lot to say. First of all, keep your goddamn voice note shorter. Second of all, the bunt video is coming when it comes. Don't watch that. You know how hard it is to fucking film clips when you get older and your body breaks down and you, you got jobs and shit and you don't get paid to skate? For fuck's sakes. And it's a pandemic, <laughs> and you're doing a podcast. Yeah. And what was the other goddamn shit? Well, first of all, the other thing is, like, once we drop the Bunt video, there's going to be nothing left to talk about. So that's another reason we're holding off on that. But it's coming. It's coming. And, yo, do you work for Santa Cruz? What the hell was that shit, yo? <laughs> I just gave... He's from Santa Cruz, Doc. I just gave the Santa Cruz video bear love last week, too. But I think this email yeah, know, came more know, recently. It's a backlog. It's a backlog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to some of those Santa Cruz mans. But the question was, do you think it's fucked up to have one and two-year-olds having their own Instagrams? Some of them are skaters. Some of them are not. Their parents are just pushing them to do whatever. The first thing that it made me remember was, do you remember that clip of the little kid on the top of a half pipe and his dad pushed him in? <laughs> No. Did you, did you see that? That shit was crazy, man. Like I've said all along, man, I would love for my little guy to skate, but that 
it's completely up to him, man. I understand that, like, he's going to see me skating and whatever, watching skate videos, always talking about skating. So there's a high chance that he's going to get into it and like it. But if he doesn't, that's all on him. He can do whatever he wants, man. No doubt. But the Instagram part, yeah, I'm not a fan of Instagrams for kids at all. But I'm also, you know, not a parent. So if, if that's... If that's your jazz, then do your thing. But I don't think I would. I don't think I'd be <laughs> like if your kid wants to have an Instagram when they get older and they have a phone or whatever. Like that's one thing. But I'm not gonna create an account for a toddler. That's for sure. Well, yo, this is like extremely common now, and even here in T dot, there are multiple kids. Um, I would say like under a certain age, under like 10 or whatever that are incredible at skating and they have Instagrams and it says run by their parents, which is like, it's fucked, man. Like how bad do you want your kid? Like, what do you think is going to happen to them? Like how far is their career going to go when they're like six years old and skating, you know? Like, Well, also you but, just open them up to the nasty world of internet hate. Like, mm-hmm. man, you see, you see fucking people going through gnarly depression from like social media when when they're you know way too young to be dealing with that and mm-hmm. if you think your kids you know so special that they ain't gonna get any hate like look at i remember seeing something with uh sansa from game of thrones like she was hella depressed for a while because of just like people calling her fat and shit you know just after episodes would air and she was like gnarly depressed like it, that shit I, bro, I don't want no kids to have to deal with that before hell they no, have bro. to didn't King Joffrey have to quit his job as an actor because of the hate he got yeah that's what I'm saying so it's like they I mean they're actors and they you know that's their profession it's a little different but like to just the internet can be a nasty place so to put your toddler on there and then like by the time they're five if they start reading the comments or whatever it's like yo What's that going to do to their it self-esteem? Yeah. It's not good. That's a no from Big us. Big shouts. Another skate dad, yo. I'm getting fucking... I'm getting lots of love as a brand new papa around these parts, man. That's what's up. Yeah, shout out Scott Eaton. Sorry I was a little cold, but uh, just maybe keep it to 30 seconds or less next time, eh? For fuck's sakes. Dog, we went from begging for emails and now we got too many, and now you're asking them to shorten them up. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> all right, next up, we got an email from Randy Sanchez. Howdy, when's the next YouTube video review coming out? That's some underrated content. Also, shout out Grant Patterson. We need another pod with the boy. <laughs> this is a timely email, my friend. Because there's a brand new video review on the YouTube right now. So go check it out, man. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Next up, we got an email from Alex Winslow. What up, Saifa and Donovan? I hope this message finds you both well. I've been a listener from damn near the jump and have been meaning to send this email for well over a few seasons now. So I'm finally taking the time to do so. Being the same age as you two and skating for a familiar amount of time, started at 99, 2000, grade 6, 7. I remember by high school, YouTube was coming in hot and skate videos and clips from all over were now easily available for the world to see. Growing up in coastal Maine, where skateboarding is nearly non-existent and limited by long winter months, 
I would spend countless hours binging skate clips and videos on YouTube. Some of the first videos I remember coming across on YouTube were under the channel Bass Motion, which I believe may have been out of Toronto. I could have twisted it on being out of Toronto, but I'm pretty sure they were out of Canada and remember seeing these videos were packed with solid skating and a lot of footage of indoor parks. If I'm not mistaken, the edits had footage of guys like Morgan Smith, maybe Paul Trepp and Spencer Hamilton too, as well as a, a slew of others. I always enjoyed and related to those videos because they were very familiar, because they were very similar to our skate scene in Maine, where indoor parks play such a huge part of being able to skate during the winter months. I spent a little time recently trying to unearth some of those old bash motion edits online, but can't find anything at all. My question to you is, do you recall any of these edits? And if so, can you shine an, any insight on who was behind the scenes making them? Did either of you have any clips in them? And can they be found anywhere online today? Thanks for all the great content and laughs each week. Y'all some real ones. All the best. Alex from Portland, Maine. Wow. This is a really fishy email. Fishy? This is very well written. Very detailed with the dates, the people who might have been in this. This might be a burner account, man. You think this is from Bass himself? <laughs> I think Bass himself wrote this email. No, I think... Under under the alias Alex Winslow. I think what happened is Bass was a fucking genius ahead of the curve. He had his expensive private school paying for all the website. And apparently it was like thousands of dollars at the time. Um, early like videos on the internet days. But so... The person behind Bass Motion is our one of our very best friends, Sebastian Lyman, who we call Bass for short. He filmed most of that stuff, as well as our friends Thomas Morrison, probably some Dave Delfino as well in the later ones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're not mistaken. It's from Toronto. Uh, it was all Toronto indoors. There was one montage at an indoor skate park in Ottawa because that's where Bass grew up and he went home for Christmas and filmed that edit with Spencer and shit. But yeah, man, me and Donald were all up in all those videos, our whole crew. That was basically like our crew. Like if you if you were to find those videos now, you would laugh your ass off because you'd just be seeing me and Donald. You just didn't know who we were at the time, right? But um that that just brings back pure good memories man we were fucking like you said early junior high high school days uh all skate rats skating filming 24 7 making these montages and shit someone dug them all up in the last couple years right some of them are findable on youtube like i've watched i know but there was someone found like one of those like weird like internet fucking backup website things with all the videos at one point even the the easter eggs uh, no way yeah i think jacob i'll ask jakes but anyways we'll try and see if we can dig them up and if we can we'll email you back and maybe we'll try and even share them somehow uh on our website or something because there's a lot of a lot of funny shit man um that was just a really good era for us that was the best. That was our childhood right there. And uh, we were lucky enough to have a guy like Bass with the editing expertise he had take that shit to the next level, man. I remember even us as the crew were like so hyped when he would drop those videos. Like, Oh, yeah. He was just... 
uh, a mastermind. Yo, he, so like you said, ahead of his time. Yeah, his school was paying for the bandwidth, and I remember him telling me it was some crazy amount of money, like thousands of dollars when we were in like grade 9, 10, 11, you know, money we didn't have. And he was yeah. so... <laughs> He was so fucking sneaky. He he had so much traffic on that site that he started he he got a Google ad on there and he started making money from Google while his school was paying for the shit. And unfortunately the only reason the site ended was because he graduated high school and the school cut him off like they stopped paying for it. <laughs> fucking legend. That's a sick email, though, even if Bass wrote it himself. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Ryan Sprout. What up, Bunt? Been loving the new season so far, especially the Damian Bravo ep. That was hilarious. Also, super stoked you guys got Marissa on. Legend. But anyways, who was your first favorite skater right when you got into skating? Like when you really didn't know shit at all. And then who was your favorite when you really knew what was good with skating? And who is your current favorite right now? Hype for the rest of the season and many more to come. I hope the Phil Lavoie ep is coming soon because I know that dude has to have some good stories. Dime really does it for the people. Peace, y'all. So three favorite skaters. Your first one, your middle, and your now. You, you can spark it. My first favorite skater was Fabrizio Santos. Legend. Easy. Uh, my next favorite skater... And probably is still like if I had to pick all time favorite, probably still Scott Kane. And then these days, if we're just talking like people like, you know, really in the limelight now, then probably Ashad. That's not a bad lineup. Fabrizio. Who's the middle one? Scott Kane. Oh, Fabrizio, Scott Kane, and Ashad. I'd say my first one was Jeff Rowley. My middle one was. Rob Welsh and my favorite skater right now maybe Brad Cromer oh damn I thought for sure you were going with our big homie who's that season, did I miss someone season 11 legend oh Yalda fuck yeah maybe I should have went with Yalda either or yeah I love them both yo Yalde if you hear me them dancer tees are too blessed, yo. Might need a next box, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, though. Thank you. Uh, next up, last email for the week, or should I say voice note? We got one from the big homie, none other than Feedback Ted himself, Ted Barrow. Let's take a listen. I really miss this guy, man. Yo. What up, Safe and Donovan? Uh, it's your boy, Ted. I've been listening to all your episodes. I love your guys' podcast. My blood ran cold when I was listening to the Q&As from the um, listeners. And they asked you about the Kanye West incident. And I was so fucking relieved that the Kanye West incident that happened in New York had nothing to do <laughs> with that horrific bunt of a roast that I attempted on Chima's shoe at Max Fish. Rest in peace to me. Um, <clears throat> but also there was another question where the kid was asking if y'all like 
you know, put the Cyrus episode on ice until, you know, it was announced that he had left 917. And I kind of like that assumption that, like, you guys are doing your thing up in Canada and somehow y'all have the pipeline to the rest of the industry. And it's a, it's a common assumption. You know, people think that if anything, any sort of skateboard media is all related and all connected to all other skateboard media and industry. And I was wondering just how y'all negotiate that. I mean, in many ways you're connected to the skateboard industry. You have like skateboard sponsors that help produce the show. On the other hand, you're doing your thing in the T-Dot. Can you talk about insiderness versus outsiderness also? I love you guys. All right, peace. Uh-huh. Love you too, Ted. Miss you. Mm. Hope to see you Margarita soon. Margarita God. Yeah. The only man I've ever known to buy margaritas for 10 strangers, yo. Fucking legend. First off, we'll address the Max Fish thing. We still love you, dog. And uh, <laughs> those jokes should have hit, man. That's all there is to it, dog. Insider versus outsider. I mean, we started off, not to say we're on the inside now, but we started this thing off very, very far on the outside. You know what I mean? And I think just over time, like you said, we've got some sponsors within skateboarding, which is obviously a huge help in contacting the people we get on the show. Lots of van skaters, um, lots of deluxe guys. Now we have a couple Dickies guys. Like all those connections help everything. Honestly, we still, to this day, we slide in the DMs, man. We hitting people up, no shame, straight out the DM. <laughs> Come on the show. You with it? And if they say yes, then it goes from there. And if they ice us, shit, we circle back in a couple months. <laughs> Send them another message, dog. It's it's shameless over here in the T dot. And with the power of the internet, we can interview anybody, anytime, any place. My thing for like insider info is it's crazy. Like if you told us, you know, when we were in high school that we'd be interviewing all our favorite skaters and new up and comers and shit like that. And get because real shit, we get a shit ton of skate gossip off air. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when we get people on the show, you do develop like a, you know, a quicker friendship than normal because you're just going full interview style and, you know, getting people to open up and then all of a sudden you feel like you know them, right? Um, so the amount of crazy shit that we've heard off air uh, is insane, but obviously we would never put that out there. Like rule number one is make your guest you know comfortable and fucking the last thing we would ever want to do is betray any of our guest trust because that's the quickest way for the bunt to go down the toilet right but we have Hundo P, and we never have yeah we never have but it's just oh man some of the shit that we hear off air is actually gold we wish we could share it with you but uh, as far as insider information definitely get a ton which is which is pretty funny like if you're especially if you're into gossip and who doesn't love a little skate gossip but uh we keep that we keep that private of course we can't be disrespecting the trust of our beloved guests over here i mean and just believe every skater gets the last say on what's coming out in their interview so they're okay with it we're okay with it 
and this show is all brought to you by everyone of the skaters who's come on and had an interview with us it's all thanks to them man so we got to keep that good relationship going forward no doubt ted man you came on you gave us lots of skate gossip and now we homies for life it just works like that <laughs> hell yeah ted man i still ain't been to new york since i told you i was gonna switch back tail that ledge in your face and now who knows when that's gonna happen but i was thinking about doing it today so just know it's still on my mind ted moved because he couldn't <laughs> yeah he didn't want to be there to witness the fucking devastation <laughs> oh all right y'all that's gonna wrap up the post office for this week we had a couple voice notes let's get some more and get your emails in as well the bun live at gmail.com welcome to the rundown the skateboard world source for sports brought to you by steam whistle canada's premium pilsner the only buzz this week we are going deep diving into nfl free agency and quite possibly the crown jewel of this free agency class kenny galladay ends up in the last place i wanted him the new york giants man why would he just why would you go to the new york giants just for the money it's got to be just for the money right 100 percent, man 100 percent. fucking hell like what is the point of this even his statement about playing with daniel jones just sounded so like like, you just could read right through it like he's just like trying to say the right thing but i don't know man that's a bummer just absolutely useless man kenny i wish you had done something different anything different man not uh not exactly what i was looking for speaking of wide receivers though will fuller he found a new home down there on south beach how you feel about that that's another one that makes no sense to me <laughs> unless unless there's some sort of wink wink with deshaun like hey i'll meet you in south beach dog but uh hey. yo just imagine deshaun actually ends up staying and now he's down fuller and nuke oh my god horrible but like yo what's his face down in miami uh tua like he wasn't really proven he could throw the deep ball last year and yes fuller can do more than just deep balls but like the man's fucking got heaters for feet so i don't know seems like a weird match unless they switch up their qb down there speaking of deshaun watson the houston texans went out and got themselves two quarterbacks ryan finley and tyrod taylor they got mark ingram philip Lindsay, andre roberts dante moncrief do none of those make you want to stay in houston <laughs> oh, what the fuck were they shit. doing man mark ingram and oh, he was done last why year. would philip Lindsay do that too man like he had potential yeah mark ingram go get that bread wherever you can you know i respect it mm -hmm. um but shit like don't they still have david johnson down there <laughs> like they do are they paying that man or what's much? left of them yeah so what they think three three mediocre to shitty running backs can equal one good one i don't think it works like that you don't think you know for sure it doesn't work like actually that. unless you're the patriots 
they make anything work. So let's move on to the Patriots. For years, Bill Belichick has been stuck in cap hell, never having any money to spend. This season, he had the bag, and uh, he started off with Cam Newton, like we talked about last week. You know, one year, fourteen million, probably paying him for last year a little bit as well. And then he went big game hunting for his tight ends, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. How you feel about those two pickups? I like it, man. I like it. Jonu was a bit of a revelation last year. He was one mm-hmm. of those like, oh, grab him with your last pick and see what happens. And uh, he put it together when he was healthy. Uh, and then Hunter Henry was a beast uh, like two years ago, two and three years ago. And then last year kind of took a bit of a step back, but I think it was mostly due to health. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see, man. I, it's interesting. It seems like they're going to go short short passes and just kill you with defense and just move up the field slowly on offense uh and they got nelson aguilar on that disgusting deal to take the occasional deep shot did they need to pay him 26 million (laughs) (laughs) he got paid more than will fuller bro that he got paid more than juju smith schuster insane man i don't know what the fuck they were smoking on that one I think they thought it was someone else. <laughs> but speaking of Juju, there are rumors that he had three options down at the end. Three A1 options. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offering $9 million. We're talking about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offering eight with some incentives, I think. I never thought Baltimore would be an option just because of the the rivalry they have with Pittsburgh, right? So we'll just scratch Baltimore out. So on one hand, you have the Chiefs and $9 million. Patrick Mahomes, you get to play with Kelsey and Hill. Not not a double team in sight for Juju Smith, you know? Like they might even let you run free half the time. Mm-hmm. Or you stay in Pittsburgh with big Ben Roethlisberger for the same amount of money. But And his loyalty shine through man but yo was the chiefs deal not incentive laden too like i think i think both the other deals like a bulk of that money was in incentives i think he got the most money straight up from pittsburgh and he can say it's about loyalty and shit but i mean might have to fact check that one but I'm pretty sure this was just about the money because I don't think anyone in their right mind would stay. Especially last year, like they weren't really featuring him or anything. Like I remember coming into the season. He's the third best yeah, receiver. Coming into the season, I remember an interview and he was talking about like, yeah, it's cool to be the vet now, even though I'm young, like I'm already like the oldest wide receiver in the room, in the in the wide receiver room and blah blah blah. Like taking them under my wing and I'm like, okay, Juju's about to go off and then he fucking like those next young dudes were fucking stealing the show most weeks and he was just catching these short little passes trying to break tackles he had he had some big weeks of course but like it just didn't seem like there was a lot of expectation you know he could have been like coming into the season it's like take a flyer on juju he might be like a top five fantasy wide receiver and he was a huge letdown so i think it was just about money man Okay, so let's talk about the money. So as it was reported, I just checked it. Kansas City offered $8 million with an additional 
three million in incentives. Oh wow. Okay. Baltimore offered nine million with another four million in incentives, and the Steelers offered straight eight million dollars. Oh hell nah. What? All right. Yeah. All right. So He's all your, your defense is out the window. He's out his damn mind. I just they saw on Twitter. I saw him. on Twitter just some shit about like people were just saying, "Oh, it's the incentives." I didn't fact check that, but goddamn, I assumed. I just assumed because you'd think anyone in their right mind would bounce for more money to go to a better team. I don't know, man. Maybe it's because he. Maybe it's because part of the deal was like, if you come to our team, you have to stop dancing like a jackass. And he was like, Nah, you can never take <laughs> my moves from me. Uh, he's a bigger star off the field than he is on the fucking field. Right, you know I don't fuck with him. I've said it before. I I never looked at him the same after he chirped John Wall for tearing his Achilles. Man, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Stay in Pittsburgh. Let's keep it moving. The Las Vegas Raiders went out and signed running back Kenyon Drake. I mean, little backup for Josh Jacobs. I know he gets banged up, misses a game or two every season, but this just absolutely ruins the fantasy value here. That's all I'm seeing. <laughs> oh, I don't. Poor guy. He like he was in Miami in a weird timeshare. Like fucking goes to the Cardinals and finally gets to you know prove himself as the guy has a crazy end of year two seasons ago and then this year he just couldn't handle it man but yo that just reminded me the boy what's his name chase edmonds oh it's on for him that's his name right i remember that correctly. yeah but he can't stay healthy either he's too little yeah but that's someone to keep an eye on on draft day if they don't draft the next dude or something but uh yeah poor ken and drake just going right back to that backup role poor bastard so the raiders who like we talked about before lost nelson aguilar had a huge season for them went out and decided to upgrade aguilar and they got john brown man (laughs) big time deep threat basically the same human yeah i was just about to say you're joking right (laughs) but they paid 3.7 million instead of 26 so the joke's on who I'd rather have John Brown. Hell yeah. If he can stay healthy, like, I, I've i always looked at John Brown as a better receiver, like, just to trust week to week. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not not much more. Let's not, let's not go crazy here. But John Brown is at least rostered in fantasy leagues when he's healthy, where Aguilar is like, you can pick him up and dump him whenever the hell you want as a streamer. Yeah. Damn, the Patriots are on crack. Okay. Bill Belichick didn't know what to do with all that money. He's like, usually I ain't even got this. I don't even know how free agency works, to be honest with you. I'm just used to robbing people in trades. Yeah. Wow. Let's keep it moving. The Washington football team went out and got one of our favorite players. Ryan Fitzpatrick finds himself a new home, and we couldn't be happier. Wow. That's hilarious. How many teams has he been on now? 38? He's, he's been on all of them. <laughs> um, he's literally been on all of them. He's got a revenge game every week. That's why he does so well. <laughs> yeah. Another ten million though. How's he gonna say no? Oh hell yeah, get that paper, blood. But yo, I got a hell question yeah. for you. How the fuck do they still not have a team name? The fuck? I thought that was gonna be like. I kind of like I it. I thought that was gonna be like a two week thing or like a month. You know, two months tops. Bro, figure it out down there. They've never been better since they went to the Washington Football Team. I'd stick with it. <laughs> they also got Lamar Miller, nice little backup for the running back they have. Are you? And then they went up. What? Are you seriously saying hell yeah to Lamar Miller? 
This guy, well, this whatever. guy was well, borderline irrelevant forever. Then tore his Achilles, and we haven't seen him since. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh well, at that. The fucking but it's just player, funny. Yeah. I just like how you just yeah. You just literally just hated on Juju Smith Schuster no. for chirping John Wall, and then you laughed. No, at, I wasn't laughing I know you at the laughing injury. At the I was laughing injury, at how it you sounded like it was, it. I was laughing at how you just like snuck that in there. Like nice little backup. It's like whoa, whoa, rewind, rewind. Is it? Is he? <laughs> Okay. Oh, sorry. Continue. Okay, you want to hear about an, a nice move they made? Shall we switch gears and I'll give you some good news on the Washington football team? They've added a nice piece at wide receiver across from Terry McLaurin, a man by the name of Curtis Samuel. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't mind me some Curtis. Last year he showed a lot of versatility when McCaffrey was out. Um, didn't know that fool could run the ball like that on top of catching. Uh, get that paper, do your thing, bro. On to the Chicago Bears. I really thought they were going to oh, make man. an upgrade at quarterback here. Rumors of Russ Wilson <laughs> maybe going all in on Deshaun Watson. And then I even heard a whisper about Sam Darnold. But you know what they did? They got Andy Dalton. <laughs> and now we're fucked for good. <laughs> And he got the same amount of money as Fitzpatrick with a potential to make more. So why not just get Fitzpatrick for fuck's sakes? Or why lose Trubisky? Just keep Trubisky. It's the same. And the even more mind-boggling thing about Chicago is that once Andy Dalton signed, then Allen Robinson signs his franchise tag. Like Andy Dalton pushed you over the edge? I don't understand, man. Bro, that's crazy, man. It's this really crazy, some of these things going on. But the crazy thing is like... For all the torment the Chicago fans have had to deal with, literally any time they play against Mahomes or Watson, you're going to see their graphic about the draft, and it's just going to come up no matter what. They finally could have righted their wrong by going all in. And just like, it's like, okay, we got him better late than never, you know? He's in his prime. Like, fuck it. But the red rifle, man. Maybe uh, maybe they know something we don't, and maybe he's looking good. In the offseason. <laughs> uh, don't kill me. Another QB, Jameis Winston, staying in New Orleans. Is he going to get a shot to, to take the reins? Or are they going to do like a two QB thing? I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'd love to see him get a shot just because I'm a fan of a, a comeback, you know, and taste him. I don't know, man. But I love his deal. $140 million, like every year is voidable. It's just so, so disrespect. It's like, yeah, yeah, just make it as fat as you can so it looks good. And, like, people that don't know anything will, like, think I'm balling. But uh, they could just cut Wait, me. who got $140 million? Taysom. Oh, Taysom, yeah. I thought we were talking about Jameis. No, Jameis got, like, $12 million and He got five and a half. Yeah, tw- up to so 12 right? A max value of 12 It's yeah. crazy. And meanwhile, Taysom gets 140 even though the whole thing's a joke. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they bring in the gang back together. They're going to run it back. Chris Godwin, franchise take. Rob Gronkowski gets a new deal. Shaq Barrett sticking around for four years. Levante David, you name it, man. They even brought the fucking kicker back. We doing it again. No need to talk about that. Let's keep it moving. I saw, quite possibly, let's just wrap it right here. Quite possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen on Twitter today. From the Arizona Cardinals. What they post? They asked their Twitter followers which wide receiver is going to get double covered 
DeAndre Hopkins or AJ Green? You you tell me which one. You tell me, you fucking sick fucks. Wow. Are With a straight me? face they put that out there. Oh my god. They out their mind. That's amazing. Oh, what do you expect from AJ Green? Not much, man. Give me give me a stat breakdown. Like how many touchdowns and how many yards is AJ Green gonna hit? I'm gonna say six touchdowns <gasps> this wow. is a, this is if he plays a full season six touchdowns and 780 yards oh there's all right that's a good year i mean that is a good year for him i think i think he's gonna come come in hot with a chip on his shoulder you know clearly he didn't want to be there in cincinnati last year um but I think age is going to catch up to him, so he's not going to be back to any sort of like elite form. But I still think he could, you know, if he plays 17 or 16 games, whatever, whenever. I don't know when the 17 kicks in, but I could see him having a decent year if he stays healthy. Where on the cliff is AJ Green living right now? Bro, you said he was done. You said he. So for you, he's like, he's, he's in the ravine. You know, buried underwater. Uh, he's in the bottom of the Springfield Gorge for me. <laughs> for me, he's uh, he's falling, but he's still he's just above halfway down the drop. He's cliffhanging. Yeah, no, he already fell off the cliff, but like, there's the bottom. But he's hanging he's right, like right of halfway down the fall. He's just above half, so maybe this year and oh. one more. Who in our bunt listener fantasy football league is drafting AJ Green with high expectations? Travis. <laughs> That's just because you got a beef ting with Travis, man. <laughs> Fucking bastard. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this edition of the bunt edition or episode. Whatever, man. It's over, baby. Thanks for listening. Yeah, go watch that YouTube interview again. Peace.